بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسول الكريم ما بعد باب استحباب بيان الكلام وايضاحه للمخاطب المخاطب وتكريره ليفهم اذا لم يفهم الا بذلك وان انس رضي الله تعالى عنه ان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان اذا تكلم بكلمه اعادها ثلاثا حتى تفهم عنه واذا اتى على قوم فسلم عليهم سلم عليهم ثلاثا رواه البخاري الله رسول صلى الله عليه وسلم was what we call Qudwa, he was our role model. لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا In Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah Dalla tells us in the Qur'an, is the most perfect, most beautiful example for each and every one of us. Primarily, the objective and role of Anbiya alayhi salatu wa salam was da'wat and tabligh. That is, to convey the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unto humanity. And in order to do that, Allah ta'ala tells us in the Qur'an, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ رَسُولٍ إِلَّا بِلِسَانِ قَوْمِهِ لِيُبَيِّنَ لَهُمْ Allah ta'ala says that we did not send any messenger, we did not send any Nabi, we did not send any messenger to his people, Except that the Nabi spoke the language of those people. لِيُبَيِّنَ لَهُمْ So that he may expound the message unto them. So one, like we said, the primary, primary objective role, maqsad of Anbiya alayhi was to convey the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to humanity. So the Nabi that was sent would speak the language of the people who he was sent to. If you look at the Qur'an, the Qur'an is in Arabic. And we find that not just any Arabic. وَإِن كُنْتُمْ فِي رَيْبٍ مِمَّا نَزَّلْنَا عَلَىٰ عَبْدِنَا فَأَتُوا بِسُورَةٍ مِّن مِثْلِ It is the most and the highest and the, mo- the, and the most excellent level of eloquence. One of the miracles of the Qur'an was its eloquence. Such eloquence that 14 centuries ago, the challenge was issued to humanity that if you have any doubt about the haqqaniyat and the truth of this message from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then bring one surah like it, reproduce something like it. Technological advancement, computer technology, information technology, quantum physics, whatever batil has at its disposal, 14 centuries have passed and they have not been able to produce the like of the Qur'an and they won't be able to do it. This is the challenge of the Qur'an. Ulama ikram say, after the Qur'an, the highest level of eloquence in speech was that of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the one hand was Nabi Ummi. He was unlettered, he was illiterate. Allah Ta'ala made him such so that no one could say that he wrote the Qur'an or that he was the author of the Qur'an. One of the hikmat and wisdom behind this that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made him such that he could not, that Allah Ta'ala made him such that he could not read or write. 
the source of the knowledge of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he received his knowledge directly from Allah subhanahu wa taala. And one important aspect of that knowledge, as we find in the Quran also, is that Nabi Pak sallallahu alaihi wasallam was made was given a quality of speech, a quality of command over the language, where we say afsahul lisan. He was the most eloquent amongst the people. On the one hand, when it comes to the speech of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, when it comes to the words of ahadith, one miracle that Allah Taala blessed Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam with was that he was jawamiul kalim. Jawamiul kalim, in simple layman's terms, is that he would not speak a lot, but he would speak a few words, but those words would be full of meaning. Sometimes on one one hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu we find today whole whole commentaries are written. So on the one as one from one aspect we see that part of the eloquence of the speech of Rasulullah sallallahu was such that he would choose his words, he would be select in whatever he said. And sometimes it would be a few words, but it would be full of meaning. The other important aspect, and this is where ulama-i-kiram, those engaged in the work of da'wat and tabligh, those who are teaching deen also, we have to take our cue and our example from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that Nabi Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam spoke in such a way that his audience could relate to whatever he said. And most importantly, they grasped a total and complete understanding of what Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said. There was no ambiguity, there was no confusion. So, in this aspect, those of us who are engaged in the work of Dawat and Tabligh, also, it is very, very important that we make effort. Sometimes you have to give bayan. Sometimes you have to, you go in Dawat. You have to speak to the people. This is part of sunnah also to take your cue from the example of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He was our role model in every aspect, not just how to make salah or how to fast or how to read Quran, etc. Allah's Rasul sallallahu was our role model in how to speak also, how to interact with people, make effort on our ability to speak what is within our capability, make efforts and take our cue and example from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That is why we find that we take our hats off to Imam Nawawi rahimahullah, great Imam of Hadith, for him to choose even such a chapter like this and the chapters following this. If you look at this heading, literal translation, the chapter which deals with the desirability of speaking clearly and plainly and using repetition so that those who do not understand may understand. Ajib heading Imam Nawi Rahimullah is given and thereafter it's not a lengthy, not a lengthy chapter, it's brief, one or two ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and interestingly we find the narrator of the two ahadith, the narrators of the two ahadith that are found in this chapter one is Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Who was Anas bin Malik? As we've mentioned many times, 10-year-old child, his mother brings him to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when Nabi Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam makes hijrat to Madinah Munawwara. And she says that, Ya Rasulullah, the son of mine, I am handing him over to you 
for what? For the khidmat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was Khadimur Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And himself he says, Khadamtun Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ashra sinin. From the tender age of 10, he says, for the next 10 years, I made the khidmat and the service of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was the recipient of great, great du'as from Nabi Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And these du'as manifested themselves in the life of Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So, in our, our terms, the servant of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So obviously he communicated with him regularly. Not just any servant, a young child basically, from the age of 10. And look at the manner in which he describes the speech of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The narrator of the other hadith, obviously, is our beloved mother Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, who opened up for us the domestic life of Rasulullah so these are two very, very qualified testimonials to give us an idea of the manner in which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam would speak. The reason I'm saying this is we have to take our cue from this and try and use this, this example in the way we speak and communicate and interact with one another. Anas radiallahu ta'ala who says, أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان إذا تكلم بكلمة when Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم would speak, would utter any words أعادها ثلاثا he would at times repeat himself three times this at times is not there literally in the translation of the hadith I'm mentioning this because the commentators of the hadith, obviously, sometimes we feel that if we take this literally, that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would repeat himself three times. That means everything he said, he repeated himself three times. No. If the occasion merited it, if the situation required that Rasulullah Sallallahu needed to repeat himself, he would repeat himself three times. Not that always he repeated himself three times. Why? Because we see... The latter part of the explanation of Anas bin Malik, he said, Hatta tufhama anhu, until the audience fully understood and comprehended what Rasulullah was saying. So, in other words, if he said it the first time and there was a possibility that whoever he's speaking to didn't fully understand what he is saying, then Nabi would repeat it a second time and sometimes even a third time. From this we find in our jamaat circles, this cue is taken that when the talim takes place in our masajid, sometimes the person that is reading the hadith is requested or encouraged to repeat the hadith three times. The reason for this is so that we ponder over the meaning and we fully comprehend what is found in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So coming back to this first etiquette, if the occasion merited it, or the audience or whoever was listening required it, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam would at times repeat himself when he spoke. And Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala says, Sometimes he would repeat himself three times. Until whoever he was speaking to fully comprehended, appreciated, and understood what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa was saying. 
وَإِذَا أَتَى عَلَىٰ قَوْمٍ And when he would approach a people, a group of people, the word قَوْم indicates large number. When he would approach a large number of people, فَسَلَّمَ عَلَيْهِمْ As was the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We learn in hadith also, الْبَادِهُ بِالسَّلَامِ بَرِيَمْ مِنَ الْكِبْرِ The one who makes salam first, doesn't wait for the other person to make salam, بَرِيَمْ مِنَ الْكِبْرِ This is a sign that such a person is free of arrogance and pride. So, when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would approach anyone, any group, any individual, he would precede them in making salam. He was the Nabi of Allah. If he waited for that person to make salam for him, obviously it would be understood. Yet, the humility of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he would always make salam first. But in this particular riwayat, Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala says, وَإِذَا أَتَعَلَىٰ قَوْمٍ فَسَلَّمَ عَلَيْهِمْ When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam approached a group of people and made salam to them, سَلَّمَ عَلَيْهِمْ ثَلَاثًا he would make salam three times. Now what does this mean? That every time Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam met somebody, or we, is it sunnah now that every time you meet somebody, you're going to make salam three times? Obviously that is not the case. There is some explanation required in this. Fortunately we've run out of time. We'll continue.